We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst. From a podcast tonight, we are sat in some part of Newcastle in a steamy car, but we don't care because it's Newcastle United 2, Manchester City 1. And what a what a ridiculous game of football. What a ridiculous football club that we'll follow. Get in, lads. We've got, Get in. We've got so much to talk about tonight, so we're going to try and rush through it because we all have work in the morning. But who gives a fuck? Because Newcastle United have beaten Manchester City by two goals to one. We are sponsored by our patrons who pay us £5 a month for loads of Newcastle United podcasts. It's going to be one of those weeks, lads, where we enjoy doing it, where it's fucking brilliant to talk about Newcastle United for about five minutes before the next catastrophe probably happens to the club. But we're going to enjoy it this week, so please think about signing up. Link in the description of this podcast. We are also supported by Fansbet, the unique gaming company who share 50% of its net profits with supporter causes like True Faith and Newcastle United Supporters Trust, people like that. But we're going to get straight into it. Si, you're on my immediate right. Um, <laughs> I mean, first first question to ask, Rafa's best winner's manager? Oh, um, it's, 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 it's similar, isn't it? It's, it's similar to the man you win last, last season. That's probably the last time I felt like this. I mean, bad at Chelsea at the end of the season was class. But, um, Yes, it's up there. It's certainly on, on a par with that Man U game um, just because of the, the quality of opposition, the kind of backs against the wall, another shy January, another miserable, miserable winter for Newcastle and, and Newcastle fans. And just to pull that out of the bag and absolutely tactically outclass Man City. Yes, they've got reams and reams of talent and we're, we matched them in every part of the pitch today and, and stole a win that we absolutely deserved. So yes, um, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's up there. I'd say it's up there. I mean, yeah, personally, um, the Man United team that came last season were, were nowhere near this Manchester City yeah. side. And, and although Man City have lost two games already this season, two, by the way, two, um, you know, for, for, for us to go behind, I mean, we, we just don't we don't win from... No one wins. <laughs> no one who's shite wins after going behind in the Premier League. To go behind in, after 25 seconds and win the game is, um, for me, it's just... I don't know how he's done it. I don't know how, I don't know how they've done it. I mean, Isaac Hayden? Isaac Hayden against... Yeah. I mean, Adam... <laughs> You know, like, can you give us some context? Because you were in the, in the video we've just done at TFNUFC, me and Adam, you were, you were eulogising to an extent about Manchester City's front five, and Rafa Benitez has turned up um, and, and got a massive win for this football club. How, how has he done it against the riches of Manchester City? Quite frankly, he's an absolute genius, and we're completely lucky to have him. And Mike actually does not know what, he, what kind of asset he has at this football club. Tactically, he always does his homework, Rafa. We know this. We know that he's a defensive coach. One of the he's world class. He's one of the best, and he's demonstrated that tonight against an embarrassment of riches of, of attacking riches uh, that Pep Guardiola's had. 
They're, they're cha- they shouldn't be complacent tonight. They're chasing the league from Liverpool. They're letting it slip. He, he'll be absolutely furious tonight. They sort of didn't turn up, but like you say, to go behind after 25 seconds, right, that was their first shot on target. They only managed three shots on target in, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the following like 94 minutes. Three shots on target, that and true, that's true. I they had four shots well, tonight. It felt like a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really did. But they, they, we didn't allow them to get into positions to have. They were, you know, they were camped outside our box for for so long. But we we stifled them. We stifled world class players. Like, and as soon as you saw Guerra in the second half start to get annoyed, you thought that's it. Like, he's, he doesn't come back from that. He doesn't come back. Um, their movement was incredible. The, the, their, their ability to move the ball from defensive lines suddenly into a, the box is—I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Even though they didn't really turn up tonight, you could still see the, the, the class in that team and the talent. But we just wanted it more. We worked harder. We kept our shape better, and we took advantage on the on the couple of times that we went forward. And they were two lacks at the back, which is how Longstaff got in for the penalty. And we just honestly. Unbelievable performance! I'm I'm so so happy. Yeah, I mean it's just, it's a it's a brilliant night, and I'm sure everyone listens just as buzzing as we are. And whether you were in the ground or whether you watched it around the world or, or whatever, I mean, it's it's shite being a Newcastle fan. Let's face it, there's so much to complain about. There's so much going wrong, and to be for that, the fact that the manager's given us wind at home over now Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Man United, and pretty much every other team going is um, I'm just so grateful to him and, and Mickey. You know, I've just just seen a quote from the press conference there where he was asked about his future and he said, you know, and word for word he said, I never said I'm going to leave, I am professional, full stop. And like, you know, do, do do you think that this is one of those wins that might convince anything to change in terms of, you know, the manager's future, in terms of how the club behave? And obviously there is reports that we're going to sign Almir. And I know there's been reports before, but these are, are pretty concrete, that we're going to break our record and, and, and sign Almir. And I mean, do you think that tonight is maybe a bit a bit like Man United, as I said last season, is this the result that's going to transform our season a little bit? Consider up the 14th in the league um, and six points, effectively six points with goal difference with the relegation zone in January. Do you think that this is the kind of sea of change or is, is there worse yet to come with this football club? Go to Sai, because Sai talked about this on the way to the car. And I know <laughs> yeah, he wants um, to say it. It's a podcast first. There was a lot of questions in there, but speaking specifically about Rafa, we were talking about... He's like one of the lads. He's just a football bloke who, like us, gets dead miserable and dead gutted when Newcastle are losing games. And then when we win a game, everything changes, and he's like, fucking hell, I love this. I love the tune. <laughs> so I reckon in his head now, there's no chance he's leaving, even at the end of the season. But, he, you know, he'll, he'll, probably, he'll probably sleep on it and come back to... Fact, a more rational thinking, but absolutely. I mean, I think I think a win like this can turn things around. Um, maybe not as drastically as this is going to kick on my season. We're going to finish in the top half and get in Europe, but you know, it, it could kick one to a, a bit more positivity, especially if we do actually sign a player or two. Um, I don't, I don't think that'll change. Uh, Rafa Benitez um, in the summer, something hilarious seems to have happened, Dogger. Uh, Guardiola's just come out and said again, word for word, to um, BT Sport, we could not hope with Newcastle's. We could not cope with Newcastle's holding midfielders. <laughs> Isaac Hayden and Sean Longstaff. I mean, Isaac Hayden... Want away. Isaac yeah, Hayden. want away Isaac Hayden, who cost about 40 quid from Arsenal Reserves. <laughs> and Sean Longstaff, who this time three months ago wasn't even a contender for getting on the bench. He's played Chelsea, he's played Liverpool, he's played 
you know, he played on, on both of those two played on Saturday against Watford in, in that horror show. And it's like choking trees. Sorry to interrupt, but I just think Pep Guardiola come out and giving praise to those two lads is just sensational. Imagine <laughs> imagine being Sean Longstaff tonight. Like, imagine how buzzing he must be going home and then someone will ring him. Like, his dad will probably ring him now and be like, you're not going to believe what Guardiola's fucking said on the telly here. <laughs> like, <laughs> Man City can't cope with you. It's absurd, isn't it? But, but think about the, the, the impact that's going to have on his confidence. Oh, and I, just think, do you know what it is? I am good enough at this level and, yeah. I'm, I'm, and, and people will start taking notice of him. He's made a real point with this performance tonight, I think, against... Arguably the best three midfielders you could central midfielders you could pick from the entire league, all playing together in the same team. And Longstaff, Longstaff was the shining light in that in that game today in the, in the centre of the park. He really was. Um, from what you said before, the, the original question, does I think that that result is going to have an absolutely enormous impact on our season. And if we see, you know, it's ridiculous for me to get excited about it. But if we see the recruitment that is supposedly in the works now over the next couple of days. On the back of that result, four new faces coming before the end of the window, and things look really, really fucking different for the team going into the second, like, well, the latter stages of the season. And it's just interesting how quickly things can turn. And you know, this this result shouldn't be the, shouldn't be anything that takes the pressure off Mike Ashley. It shouldn't change the the opinion of the fans on anything like that. However, on on the team and the team's confidence and the, the team's running. I just think it's going to be absolutely pivotal in the season. And like you say, from the Man United game last year, you could see a difference in the team and the squad and, and the way we approach games. And I think that's going to happen from this. It may sound overly dramatic, but I, it, and it's ridiculous to say after one game, but I think we're fucking safe after that result. I really do. Well, we'd, we'd said so often that when you, know, when you lose against teams at home, that we really should be beaten. That all that means is we have to go out and beat a team that we have no right to beat. We've done that tonight. Yeah. We've clawed back one of those terrible results from before. That gives us huge confidence. It really does. And uh, Alex made a good point on the way down. Like, think about being a, a Fulham player or a Fulham fan now, and you come come into the dressing room having come down, come back from two 0 down to win four two. You're absolutely buzzing, and you think we've got three points here on Newcastle. And then you look at the results, and Newcastle have come back from one down against one of the best teams in the world. To win two one, it's fucking remarkable, and it's it's typical in Newcastle that this is the day we've had. Just it, it just pulls you back in, doesn't yeah. it? And it's like you, we're, we're lowest ebbs today. At many a year, people who we know who are black and white through and through, chucking season tickets, and it's heartbreaking, and and they've done that. And I don't know. I mean, let's talk some footballer. Let's talk about the match. Because um, we've done 10 minutes so far just on how we feel. Um, <laughs> so, Sai, the worst, the worst possible start. Like a, a comedically, hilariously bad start. Um, you thought it was a foul on Dubravka. Well, I, I chose to sit with Mickey today, which is down in the uh, in the corner, um, much closer to the pitch where I can actually see what's happening compared to in Block V. Um, we, it, just, it just seemed the ball came across, Dubravka went down, and then suddenly, it was, was it Sane? Just went flying through him, and Dubravka was like, Incapacitated, and then the ball's bundled back into the into the box, and they've scored. For me, the keeper's been whether or not um, Sani got the ball first. He's taken out the keeper. It's the goalkeeper. Like you kind of just just go flying into the keeper, and then and then the score. Uh, for me, it was a foul. Um, I don't know if he's he's all agree, but we I, we, we were convinced that the cheated were out of a <laughs> of a of a goal within thirty seconds, and we were absolutely furious. That's what it. That's what it looked like from where we were sat for sure. And me, me and Sai were raging, and we were both saying 
if that was the other way around, if it was Newcastle that got that goal right at the start against Man City, there's, there's no chance of, no chance we get the goal. It's written off as a foul for sure. Yeah. On, in hindsight, it looks like Sane's just been a little bit quicker than Dubravka and he's got to the ball first and then they've come together. So for me, it's probably not a foul. Nah, it's foul, man. But fuck them. <laughs> what, what, what it is, is uh, really bad defending. Yedlin falls asleep. <laughs> And it was just a terrible way. I'm sure everyone watching was thinking, how many are they going to get here? But Adam, what do you what do you think it was in that first half? The onslaught didn't really come. Uh, we didn't threaten too much. But, but I mean, speaking to people at half time, they thought we felt a, a, a little bit comfortable. And, and do, like you mentioned before, Dubravka's not made a save. What do you think it was tactically tonight, which helped us get the three points? Or, or, do, you, or do you think it was more potentially Man City just having an off night? I think honestly, it's probably a bit of both. I mean. The way we set up with five at the back, we are incredibly difficult to break down. Before this weekend, I think we had the joint sixth best defence in the league, which wow. is which is pretty remarkable. Um, statistically, given where we are in the league, um, the, the squad that we have. But what he's done is he's built from the back, Rafa Benitez. He talks about the blanket, which we've, we've talked about many, many a time. The blanket is firmly at the back. He's got Dubravka, he's got the three centre-backs, and he's got the wing-backs sort of working all in tandem. And the shape was just too good. And they, it, when it when it's a team like Man City that rely on pockets in behind, spaces, um, you know, poor positioning, then they'll, they'll they'll cut through teams like like a hot knife through butter. But tonight they couldn't because we stifled them. And positioning wise, positionally, we were excellent. And 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 so that's only tactically. But I think actually first half after they scored, for us to get gain that composure and not lose our heads. Um, and we just grafted. We just worked really, really hard. And by the by, the time it came at half time, I was thinking that's kind of what I hoped the first. Like, obviously, m- minus the twenty five second goal, that's how I wanted the, to see the first half. Just as giving very little away, being solid, unlikely. Just I mean, it was far better. I was trying to compare it to last last seasons where. It, we were lucky if we saw Jacob Murphy touch the ball in, in their half. They, they were just completely camped out. But we were we were actually more proactive tonight. We were actually not as defensively in a, in a, positioned in, in, a, in a strange way. And I think we pushed them back. We asked them questions. We wouldn't, And we've got players at the back, defenders, who can knock long balls up, but actual meaningful long balls into the, into the corners, like, like Cher and Lejeune, for Perez and, and Rondon to kind of run on to Atsu as well. I, can I just say, I thought Perez was absolutely outstanding tonight. Yeah, Perez I thought and Rondon was... were, were unbelievable, both of them. Um, that, that was exactly it. Um, I thought defensively, apart from the, the goal, um, we were we were tremendous. Or, or the, it works. Uh, Cher and Lejeune having the confidence on the ball and then Lascelles does all the dirty work and it just between the three of them, they've got it sorted. I mean, me and Mickey early on were commenting that um, Sterling was having... Um, Richie's life pretty much the whole first half he was getting past him because he's so much faster than him but he was getting past him and then running into Lejeune it was just that doubling up on their on their key players really sorted us out and, and all we needed was to be able to catch them on the break and the, the um, Rondon and Perez and I'll give Atu some credit as well between the three of them they made they made our possession count when we got it when we got the ball they, they gave them something to think about and we got we got the goals <laughs> from just not given up from from pressing them the whole time. I mean, the last ten minutes all looked absolutely fucked, absolutely knackered. This is what happened uh, the second half of last season when we had our kind of our, when we came back to life almost after Christmas. It was games like this where the lads just grafted hard on the other team, absolutely grafted, and that's why we've beaten Man City today. 
I um, I totally agree with you, and I thought I thought Man City in the second half were well. Even in the first half, I thought that they I wouldn't say lack respect. I'm sure that wasn't the case, but the there was a, there was a lot of misplaced passes. There was a lot of flicks. There was a lot of and, and our lads were there every single time. And I think you know DeAndre Edlin tonight. Did anything get past apart from the goal, which was his fault? Did anything get past him at all? <laughs> um, he was absolutely sensational. And you're right, Sai, about the defensive three. Like that defensive three. Like, I hope they play for Newcastle for years. Like yeah. Lejeune and Shaw. I mean, Shaw was brilliant as well. Um, I mean, the cells is at the heart of it. And I, I was really impressed that basically they tried to play a reasonably high line and not get too deep. Particularly after we scored the the, the equaliser, I saw Rafa constantly in the second half. Like, like begging the players, get up, get up, don't get too deep. That's how Man City pick you off. They want to try and load the box. And then you, we saw them several times kind of play that mental corner like right back to the edge of the box to try and create space at the edge of the box. And you see the likes of De Bruyne and Silva, you know, pulling out of the, of the area and, and having shots from distance. We, you know, Rafa was aware of it. And I think, I think tactically tonight he got it spot on. But there were so many good performances. I mean, will we see Isaac Hayden play for Newcastle United again? Like, you know, he's supposedly on the verge of this move if we get this lad from Benfica in. Um, and I know, I know the idea of Newcastle signing players is, is farcical to a lot of people um, because we don't do it. But ultimately, as, as you touched on earlier, lads, the relegation picture with teams you know who've got who are playing tomorrow night still um, looks a, a hell of a lot rosier. And, and make a great point on the um, on the the Fulham players coming off the pitch, thinking how many did Newcastle lose by, and then the one two one Burnley there was twos each. Um, oh, Burnley were two 0 up on eighty one minutes. I did not know that. Fuck me. Um, that's got to be a massive blow to them. Uh, Huddersfield losing, Cardiff losing again. You know, fantastic results for us in terms of the relegation picture. Should we be in a relegation battle? Of course we shouldn't because of the way the club has run. But we're only two points behind Brighton, and I think when Brighton beat us at St James's Park earlier in the season, they went nine points ahead of us. So you, you know, our form is pretty good. I mean, winning two home games back to back. When's the last time that happened? In the Premier League, um, you know, probably when we won four games in a row or something in April, but who knows? Um, it's just a fantastic night to be a Newcastle United fan. I mean, you know, Mickey, Salomon, Rondon, um, to give people context, I'm sure you've all read the papers. He wanted him signing a permanent, Rafa. He wanted him signing a permanent, and the club didn't want to do it. Too old, too much money, too slow, whatever. Um, he begged and begged and begged. It was his number one target to get him in up front, or you're starting to see why now. For sure, um, absolutely, and uh, you know, it's um, his price tag's just gone up by 10 15 million pounds, hasn't it, over the course of this season? But it's been improving week after week after week, and I, I thought he was outstanding today. The, the, the Man City defenders couldn't get the ball off him. Um, of all the players on the pitch, you know, I, I, I pointed out earlier on, we especially in the first half lost the ball in a few dangerous places unnecessarily, and it was really frustrating to watch. But Ronan didn't lose a fucking pal um, at all. And it's, uh, you know he he ran himself into the ground and about fifteen minutes to go, I said to I said to um I said aside Ronan looks injured but he wasn't injured he was just so fucking knackered that he could basically not move and he's he's literally put in a monumental shift today for the lads and a massive massive part in Rafa's system and you can see it, it's so obvious why he wanted him so much because it he's so key to us winning games. Um, a special shout out as well to Christian Atsu who did his level best to, to block that Rondon shot that eventually ended up in the net. Atsu actually did a better job than most of the Man City defenders, so well played, Christian. Nice one, mate. Yeah, we, we, had, we had no clue what the goal was like from, um, from the stands. It just, just seemed to bundle in, but when you look at it, 
Look at the replay. It's, and he has, it's he, still a good finish. It's, it's, it's a class finish. He has no right to watch that. Looping header from Hayden, he watched it all the way down. The, 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 I mean, it's, 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 it's put, he did really well to keep his eye on it and make a, a volley contact, but what were the, what were the defenders doing? I, I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah, all over the place. Um, I want to talk about Rondon as well because it's just fucking brilliant. Um, I thought the, uh, the, the turning point of that game for us wasn't Rondon's, wasn't Rondon's goal or, or some other stuff. Um, it was, there was a point about 30 minutes in when the crowd was getting a bit, bit, bit quiet and the, the atmosphere was, was dwindling. When the players just had a bit of a lift, then Rondon came steaming across the pitch to make a tackle from about 15 yards away, right next to the touchline. And then the crowd just got this massive lift, like, how are we're actually trying to win this fucking game? And Rondon started that and I thought, he showed that all over the all over the pitch for the whole game. He was he was chasing stuff down. He was making tackles. He was just knocking people off the ball and just being a genuine, just like absolute. I don't even know the like word. Big, like he's a big pest, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, like a massive, <laughs> a big, massive a, pest. A big bloody pest. But no, honestly, I thought he um, he t- he turned the crowd around because he was he was showing some heart and like the, I thought the whole team got a lift from that point and then St James's Park was was a totally different place to be than it has been for for months and it became that kind of bear pit again and you, you felt that kind of season of change like something was going to happen here something I, special I also thought in the same in the same vein that a some of some curious decisions by the referee in terms of not booking their players for treatment. Man. Yeah, it was really poor. Like I went apoplectic at that lensman when uh, Gabriel Jesus dived in the far corner. It was an obvious dive. The lensman was two yards away from him when he came back up. I was, oh, I was shouting, I was, I was shouting loads of stuff, and I was just like, "You are not Premier League quality." Repeat, <laughs> "You are not Premier League quality." But like I was, I also think those bad decisions actually helped invigorate the crowd yeah, and got absolutely. us up yeah, and, and that really yeah. added to the cauldron effect yeah just on Rondon quickly um, there, were, there was a hilarious moment tonight when he got the ball in the 93rd minute and just clearly <laughs> could, couldn't be asked to even think about like what to do so he just kicked out of play like, and the whole stadium cheered like being shite is bad but it does give you moments like that yeah. like where you can enjoy like it was just hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. But yeah, they were, they were all brilliant. I, I, I think we'll have to talk about Sean Longstaff some more because I don't think we've given him enough credit. And from from the, it was let's face it, he's been thrown in. You know, he he whether he started this season and he's thought, yes, this is my season. I'm going to break into the first team. But then he sees four players in front of him. You know, Moby Army doesn't normally get injured. John Joe Shelby's had a good fitness record since he's been at the club. Then you've got Key, who comes in 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 is fantastic when he gets his chance. You know, he he's Sean Langstaff is, is thinking maybe about another loan to a you know a successful loan last season. Let's not forget last season in at League Two, I think Blackpool um, to come in and, and, and compete in the Premier League at this level is sensational. I made a joke about Hayden and Longstaff before being the future of English football off air. Um, I was only half joking because Longstaff probably could be that good. Um, and, and to win that penalty tonight was brilliant play. He got that. He got his body between the ball and the man. He knew what was happening. To, to make the decision to press and, and fair play to Perez, by the way, because I know you've already praised him, but, but to kind of chase and, and force Laporte into that error um, and Laporte being too fancy, should have just knocked the ball out for a throw, but they're, they're bigger than their boots, Manchester City. And, and the players who swarmed around him, that was, that was quite brilliant and and you know fair play to to Longstaff for for, for for winning the penalty that's that's you know led to the goal which to me is the biggest win in, in years at Newcastle United and it's just uh, fair fair play to the lad I think he's absolutely fantastic and you know 
I don't, I don't be hyperbolic because as soon as Key and Diarmi and Shelby back, you'd probably rather, you know, if I'm travelling, you know, West Ham in a couple of weeks' time, I'm, I'm rather they would be playing. But but I, I think we all have to be really grateful and and fair play to Rafa Benitez as well. We've seen players come in particularly particularly under Pardew and McLaren to an extent. Young players have come in and just sunk without a trace. Um, you know, whenever anyone comes into this team, whether it be the, the likes of Mankio or you know Longstaff, players always seem to find a role and adapt and and, and raise their level which is fantastic to see. So I just wanted to say that about Longstaff. And also, um, Sean Longstaff got the, he's one of our own chant, which it probably took Paul Dummett about three, four years <laughs> to get that. So fair play, like, you know, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, deserved it. Push out, push out on the podcast, we need to think of a better song because it's shite. Yeah. I hate it. Shawnee, was it? it doesn't, Shawnee no one, Longstaff. No one in the corner was singing Shawnee. Shawnee is necessary to make that song work, but people just went for the Sean Longstaff. <laughs> it's it's really good. I'm pleased he's got a song, but we should come up with something better. So Mr. Longstaff. If anyone thinks there's something interesting, um, let well, don't let us know because we're not going to be able to help you get it started. Just <laughs> try and get it started. <laughs> In in terms of uh, atmosphere tonight, you, you know, Sai, you 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 um, what what's the right word here? Got yourself away from Block V for a night, and we're came in the corner. Holiday. Came on holiday. Came on a like a placement to the corner. Um, are you are you the corner? I would I would class you more as Gallagher than the corner because you're not actually in the corner. Are you? in the corner? On the corner flag, dogger. In the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but the corner to me is the upper tier. The upper tier of the corner is the corner. Why would that be the corner? Why would being close to the pitch next to the corner flag not be the corner? <laughs> Uh, what, what's your question? How <laughs> what was, was the atmosphere, atmosphere like? Um, I mean, I felt like the, the stadium, as I said before, um, the, it, there was quite a big, big atmosphere. Big, big. Like, what, what the, the word is atmosphere, but you know, there's some tension. There was some kind of here's a big fucking game here before the game, and then the 26 second goal. Um, from our perspective, it almost like set us off because we thought we'd been cheated. We generally thought the ref had fucked up and it should have been a free kick. So I think even that added to that kind of. Uh, it's 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 us against the world, and that's that's when St James's Park is at its best. Um, I thought the the atmosphere was was very good. I thought there was a lot of um, not full stadium, but you know, the the whole of the Gallagher end was was singing quite a lot. So you couldn't really tell whether it was the corner or the or block V. Everyone was getting involved. Um, but yes, I think every time Man City got a stinking free kick, every time they committed a ludicrous foul and didn't get a yellow card, just added to that added to that um, atmosphere that was that was so crucial by the end of the game because. But as soon as we went ahead, I didn't really feel like we're we're going to lose because St James's Park was absolutely bouncing, and and I haven't felt that way since. Well, probably probably Chelsea last season, but you know, there's only been a handful of those occasions in the last three or four years, and this was definitely one of them. It's, a, it's like a just reward for all of us and everyone that's gone tonight. That's that's gone, and all of us were thinking, all of us included. That we had any chance tonight, and loads of people have missed the game. Loads, absolutely, tons. Of people were giving their tickets away for now. All of that. So, the, the people that have turned out Tuesday night, middle of fucking winter, anyone's got any money, everyone's ill, but we've all turned in tonight and just seen an absolute masterclass from Rafa Benitez, and it's, it's a, it's a really fucking great thing that we we'll get something to cheer about for for a change. Couldn't agree more, Mickey. I mean, and I'll say, I've said it once, I'll say it, say it again. We've just beaten one of the best club sides I've ever seen live. Their performance wasn't was didn't do that that that's, that that label justice tonight. But they are still one of the best club sides in the world right now, with one of the best managers in the world right now, and we've beaten them, and we beat them fair and square. And 
let's be fucking proud, lads. That's brilliant. Totally agree, and, and we'll have to move on to kind of different stuff, and I suppose the the idea of the, the protest tonight, whether that be chucking coins, tennis balls, you know, um, pitch invasions, director's box being stormed, leaflets, didn't really happen tonight, and I, I, I don't want to criticise anyone who, who, you know, and I think I think United against Ashley, as they're called, put a lot of money into those flyers and, and their own money, so fair play to them for that, sorry, um, fair play to them for that, Uh you know, but it has it hasn't happened, lads. And you know, instead of this night of, of protest, you know, that's been a great night at St James's Park, and obviously that what's happened on the pitch has had a lot to do with it. There were a lot of anti Ashley uh, chance at the game, as there was against Cardiff, as there was against Watford. Who wants to take this one, lads? What do you reckon? Do you reckon uh, the result? Do you reckon the Almiron impending allegedly transfer is is knocked it off, or do you just think any you know any purely Twitter protest movement is just doomed because it, it doesn't it's not representative yeah I mean it's going to be very hard to convince anyone to um, to even talk about protesting and the on the back of that win and especially if Almiron does go through it's, it's a funny one how fickle we can be at times um, we all know that we all know the crack we still need Mike Ashley to go and and uh, as a group I'm sure we will all back most forms of protest if if it's got any kind of legs um, I think what a lot of these people on, on Twitter unfortunately need to kind of Realizes that most of the people in that stadium, and I'm saying a good forty-five thousand people, aren't on Twitter, and the ones that are probably don't follow you. So, and, until we can manage to communicate with it with the wider fan base on these these little protests, aren't ever really going to uh, take off. And it's probably it's probably good that we've won the game, and it's kind of distracted away from it, and then no one will be talking about the failed attempt at protest because there's still a job to be done on getting Mike Ashley out of here. So I don't want to disparage anyone who's trying, but. At the same time, we need we need to try harder than these little little Twitter campaigns and um and and communicate that message and and you know what the the biggest message we can send out is is how St James's Park was in the in the second half there how how much of a football club there is there we need we need to appeal to a buyer and and I thought that, that there's a club there ripe for someone who wants to take a take a punt and invest in something. I was just going to say you know I, I've previously had involved with, with the Magpie Group in trying to. <laughs> You know, trying to organise these protests. I've, I've since stepped away from the group, but it, you know, even before tonight, I could, could have told you just how difficult it is to 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 to, to, to garner interest in you know true interest. And you, there's no way of, a Twitter poll isn't going to tell you how many people are actually going to protest in, in one form or another. It is really difficult, and I, like you say, to get the, the message offline and out there, it it takes money. It takes a lot of time and momentum as well, and you know. With the Magpie Group, we felt always felt that that things were probably rushed a bit because we were looking ahead to January, which was only a couple of months away at the time, and maybe we tried to do too much at once, and it just it just fell flat because the quite simply the appetite for protest wasn't there. The appetite for protest wasn't really there tonight either. There was I saw a few people holding up the fly, the flyers. I, I was never handed one when I w- w- walked up to the stadium, um, and and it just and obviously the people are just probably more interested in the football. And at the end of tonight, nobody's going to sit in the stadium. Unless they're celebrating, like it's it's a different mood, and it's it's so di- it's so difficult to read, and it's so difficult. It has to be a lot more organic, and it has to be you have to be sure that more people. But I, like tonight, I knew that I knew there wasn't going to be anything significant happen because I know firsthand how difficult it is to get people jade up for protest, and even when things seem like at the lowest ebb. So it's a tough ask, and it's maybe when you just need to go another way as a fan base if you want to try and push Mike Ashley out. I don't know what anyone else wants to say. 
No, I can't disagree with any of that, and I hope people think, don't think we're disparaging the people who have try, tried, because it's better to try and fail than to not do anything at all. But I don't, I don't, there was definitely not, um, at the minute, and probably for the foreseeable, while Raf is at the club anyway, uh, the mood for protest, with, certainly within the stadium, um, or to do anything that disrupts the game. I, you know, it's it's a usual thing. There's a lot of noise on social media about people telling you to do this and do that, and you should do this. And if you don't run on the pitch, you're not a true fan. And if I was at the match, I'd be in the director's box. These things don't really happen. But I suppose, like you say, Sai, the the club has to be sold. We aren't out of the woods. It's it's a fantastic night. But we everyone listening this knows the reality. If Rafa Benitez hadn't kicked off as much as he had in the press conferences recently. Would we have signed Almiron? If there hadn't been the cancellation of season tickets that there have been, would we have signed Almiron? I mean, who knows these things? We haven't signed him yet. Well, exactly. But it's, I mean, if they don't sign him now, like, um, you know, the the journalists that have reported it would be be angry because they've all been told in good faith that he's on a fucking plane headed over here. Um, a plane which no doubt Lee Charnley is, is currently trying to get you know redirected he's, he's, to like yeah, he's on the phone to American Airlines as we speak yeah like and yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's making a cheeky stop like, off at Greenland and, yeah. and then how, coming back how, how many how many sports direct mugs would it take <laughs> to get this plane to arrive on February the 1st <laughs> um, in the UK uh, I will sort you out like a free sweater from fucking flannels or some shit like that but, expensive, um, expensive shop that mate they'll not be sending out from there with Sports Direct Lonsdale own brand. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? The office made to, to various airlines to stop this deal from going through. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, uh, we've come at the end of the podcast because we've got to go to work tomorrow and I've got to upload this and stuff like that and we've all got to get home. But uh, fantastic night. If we do sign our on, come to us on Patreon. We're going to have interviews with various journalists from, from Paraguay, from, from the USA, to discuss the signing. We're going to be talking more about this game. I mean, Lads, the context of this win is massive, considering Fulham's win, considering the two teams losing, but considering our next two games are Wolves, who've won 3-0 against West Ham tonight at home, and Spurs, you know, away, two two of the strongest home sides in the Premier League, to win tonight and give us that cushion going into those two games on the back of two consecutive Premier League wins is absolutely massive. And, um, it's going to be six points, man. Six, six points? <laughs> get after Spurs. Yeah, let's get after Spurs. Um who play Watford, I believe, tomorrow night. Um, so we've got an extra day to prepare. Who knows whether um, any of the, the midfield lads will be back or whether, you know, who, who'll be playing for the club and that kind of thing. Probably, we'll probably, you know, sell Manke or sell Hayden and bring no one in, but hope <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, just let's go around again and just talk about this as, you know, in, in terms of where this ranks and how this happens. For me, this is one of the biggest wins I've seen at St. James's Park. I mean, let's not pretend there were, there were a lot of empty seats that night. Man City brought 3,000 for a change. Um, and there was 2,000 empty seats not sold and there was a lot of season ticket holders quite understandably have decided to sack that off I mean the block V was big blocks big um, big gaps a lot of people weren't I mean me and Cosmo who I go with was like nine seats round where um, you know you looked in the Melbourne stand in the east stand in, in, in the corner there was a lot of empty seats and I'm sure there wasn't other parts of the stadium because people are so so sick of, the, of their own football club that they don't want to turn up Um so you know we'll have to we'll have to be honest, but God, say I'm 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 pleased I've come. I'm sure you are too. Me and Mickey again. This is the the curse of being a Newcastle fan. On the way down to here for, after the game, we're talking about how every one of those like ten in a row shite games and all the misery you go through is worth it for just one of these. And it's true. You can't you can't help it. A night like this makes it all worthwhile. All the shit you go through. And it's stupid, we, we shouldn't be like that, but you can't deny that that is the crack, Mickey. Yeah, this is why we come, this is why we do it all. Uh, 
there's no no more to it than that. Like these nights, the feeling that you have, you know, in the last couple of minutes there, and when the final whistle guns or when the goals go in, it's irreplaceable in life. There's nothing else like it, and it's just an absolute fucking joy. A properly ran Newcastle United would get a lot more, a lot more of this, but it almost makes that makes the great ones even more special that we'll put up with so much extra shit to get them. I just want to finish uh, with, with a tweet by Daniel Story. Um, he said, Newcastle United starting 11 tonight cost around 40 million. They have beaten Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Tottenham and Arsenal under Rafa Benitez. Imagine what he and they could be. Dot, dot, dot. What could be if we just had an owner with an ounce, an ounce of ambition and giving a shit? He can still fuck off, like, despite a nice... Oh, this 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 result is in spite of everything that he's done. Absolutely everything. Yeah. This is Rafa Benitez, and this is the players and I'm, I'm and the sure. coaching staff, and nobody else. I'm sure him and Sean are giving themselves a massive pat on the back and saying, "Yeah, we knew, we knew all along." But obviously, bullshit. We know this this win belongs to Rafa and the lads, and they've absolutely fucking earned it. It's class. Get in. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Uh, what a night. I'm sure you're all absolutely buzzing listening around the world. If you like the show, join one patron and leave her a five-star review on iTunes. Just write short long stuff as the comment. We'll, we'll, we'll know what you mean. <laughs> um, and uh, aye, thanks for listening. Uh, be back for you with the next free podcast uh, Sunday uh, after a potential good positive performance at Spurs, but no Newcastle United will lose 5-0. But I don't care because we've won tonight and we've won big and we've beaten Man City. And uh, for, for one night at least, all is well with Newcastle United. Get in. Come on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.